Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So the Bills, they're fourth and one at like the three-yard line. Uh, they they stopped Josh Allen on third down. It, it looked like maybe he had gotten the third down. They don't take a look at it. So the, it's, it's maybe a half a yard to go from inside the five. The Bills are down three with 20 seconds on the clock. They kick a field goal. We go to overtime. They decide to go for it, do or die. And Josh Allen slips as he as he dives forward. His knee goes down. He's inches short. Titans win the football game. What's the right call in that scenario? Okay, so different models are going to come up with different ideas on that. My gut feeling is that that's a clean go for it. And the reason is, and I'm and Mackenzie, I'm sure has the number, so we'll ask him in a moment what the what the bots are, or what the uh, algos are saying. But here's why I think, it, uh, as a human <laughs> that uses math occasionally, is I like them going for it, and here's why: it was the perfect amount of time. Because the thing that you've got to do is, if you make that first, you've got to have a couple of shots or if not four shots and I'm not sure if they would have had four to get the touchdown um, if somehow there was nine seconds left or, what, or or six seconds left now I don't like that at all but considering the fact and, and tell me if you agree is if the Bills get to first but don't score a touchdown on fourth down they have their shots to get the touchdown after right Yes. Yeah, I mean, just time-wise, that seems clearly the case. So I like that. But I also like that there's not a lot of time, like even 45 or 50 seconds. Here's why. And this is where there was a big mistake I think Detroit made a couple weeks ago. When do you go for two to win the game? You only consider that if it's pretty much time's expired or there's 15 seconds, 10 seconds. Because if the other, if you do get it and take the lead, the other team has no motivation or, or there's no risk they won't take. In or, you know, it would be like the fumble ruski or the, the cow play if it was like only 10 seconds left or seven. But if it was like we saw, if it was 35 or 40, now they're going to be wing. There's no sense of let's play for overtime. Because if you kick the extra point there, yeah, they in theory they could have went down the opponent and do the same thing. But they're not going to take those risks because overtime is there. But when they're down one, they do. So and in it, fact – Yes. In fact, more often than not, when you're down to about five, under 10 seconds left and it's a tie game, the team that gets the ball back will just take a knee and get ready for overtime. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they won't. I mean, like you, uh, it's going to be a spectrum between if there's not hardly any time, they're going to take a knee. Whereas if there's a little bit of time, you know, 25 seconds, maybe they try one screen and see what. I, but either way, you're pretty much going to go to overtime. Where if you make it, the other team has. A, a limitless risk they're willing to take because they're going to lose the game unless they score. So if you're you're Buffalo and you score on that fourth down play, and now you got to kick off, and it, it, to me, 
I like the time because it gave the Bills enough time to run their plays if they made the first but didn't score the touchdown. But if they scored the touchdown on the fourth down play, it wasn't really a good situation for Tennessee to have you know much time to do anything, even if they were going to take whatever risk they needed to take. So to me, that is what drives it as a good decision. Mackenzie, what did the algo say? Algos agreed. Go for it was the right decision. Ben Baldwin had 57% win probability. If you go for it, only 45% if you kick the field goal. Next-gen stats had an even bigger difference, 62% compared to 42%. Okay, so either a delta of 20% or a delta of 12%. And, you know, again, this shows you this is a little bit of art, not science, when there's two different numbers. But both of them point in that direction. And I got the quiz right, AJ. You did. Well done. But do you see my point regarding the time left? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, listen, one thing I was wrong about, and I was mighty wrong about it, is how important these four – I mean – to me, there was a lot of people that never played high school football. And I don't think you need to play high school football to have an opinion on football. But I think that it's hard to look at a Jimmy Johnson or a great coach XYZ. And, and, you know, obviously Jimmy Johnson back in the day. But that's an example where he's the guy that innovated the draft uh, value chart, and that's how the Cowboys, in many cases, got such great value because they figured out what these draft choices were worth. Well, now there's all these analytics people are saying how bad Jimmy Johnson's chart was. It's like, all right, maybe, but if you were back then, I don't think you would have had one better. And when I hear the people on Twitter questioning Belichick and questioning Andy Reid, it's like, come on now. But all that said, I rebelled against all the in-game kind of like pun here, field goals here, because it seemed like the only thing they could maybe know that the coaches didn't, and they focused on that so, so much. It was like, man, that's a small part of the game. But what we're seeing here is when you change from convention so much, when you got I – mean, I mean, AJ, I, there's plays – that I look at and sometimes I lose sight of what year it is and I'll look and go, what is they're going for it on their own 26 and it's like third and or fourth and three. I mean, you could have went 10 years and not saw that uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, you certainly the, the NFL's completely changed and it's, uh, you know, the analytics that that movement is what's causing these coaches to go for it more. Well, even in places where it doesn't seem like it makes any sense whatsoever. What does that mean? The analytics. I mean, I, I mean, it, it means that there, the this, the science and the math behind this that that wasn't available to coaches twenty years ago or thirty years ago, like a Jimmy Johnson. Why wasn't Why wasn't it available? Like, I I get some things weren't available, but things like all they've done in order to figure out what the projections are of scoring or not, or, or is this a positive play or not, is they just have a database of you know every situation that's ever been the case in the NFL, and they've profiled it and saying, okay, what happens to a team that's in this spot doing this or doing that? And it's like, I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm saying it wasn't beyond, like when, when Microsoft in 1995 came out with uh, Windows uh, what was it, 3.0? I can't remember. But it was um, uh, the Stones were doing Start Me Up. It was the big push. Is At the time, the computers had the power to calculate this stuff. It's just no one thought to do it. There wasn't a community around it You know that, that I think that it all feeds upon itself. But I think, heck, this wasn't happening three years ago. 
So let's not act like the computers have changed in three years. What it's what's happened is someone and let's give Peterson at Philly credit probably was one of the true innovators. Once people started doing this stuff, it gave cover for other coaches to do it. Right, the first coach to do it is going to get into trouble if he messes it up. Now that everyone's doing it, there's more questions if you're not doing it. But I, I think that's the key here. They had the math on this, I think, for a long time. It's the fact that people have the guts to do it now, giving cover to others doing it. Thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it's they're about five, ten years behind where baseball was when it when they started the shift. And they, I mean, they could have been shifting for a hundred years in baseball because they know this guy pulls the ball, this guy doesn't. But now it's just so commonplace that it, they've decided, listen, we're going to give up this side of the field and just assume he won't hit it there. And if he does, okay, the numbers say it's going to happen less than it than it, than what we're playing is going to happen. So it's you're right that it does take balls to be the first to do it. But now it's just a, it's. It's the way the game is played. I think it ruined baseball, by the way. <clears throat> get, off my, <laughs> get off my lawn, kids. But last thing here is it feels like we're in two different NFLs because I'm looking at the drive chart for Seattle and Pittsburgh. Now, two of the most old school coaches. Yes, and one's 70 and one's like 42 or something and or 45. So Tomlin's old school before his time. But like literally here's here's the plays uh, or the uh, drives. Punt, 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 punt to start the game. <laughs> touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, <laughs> touchdown. Now here's where it gets interesting. Field goal, touchdown, punt, field goal. Fumble, punt, 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 field goal, field goal, (laughs) punt, punt, fumble, field goal. That is a game game from 1991 right there. (laughs) I mean, not one on downs. That might be a game from 1971. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think they're easier to handicap. I can't lie. All right. (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're going to keep going into the, uh, in quickly, finishing up the recap on Monday Night Football. Specifically, what are the odds adjustments that happened? Now, to me, one of the signs that, the Bills get a lot of love, and I'm not sure it's warranted, is they lose this game, they have two losses, and they are the co-favorite. It's only six games. They're four and two. They're the co-favorite, the Bills, to win the Super Bowl over Arizona, undefeated. Now, listen, you're a hater of Arizona. I mean, to the to the degree... <laughs> To the degree that yesterday you said, I want, to make, I, I want, some, I want some time to, to make the case Arizona is still not any good. Actually, like, I think I said it out loud and you said, oh, you're going to have to explain yourself on air. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it, was like, it was like A.J. Hoffman, everyone. And you went, you know, in my gut, I just, <laughs> uh, I, I just don't test. think they're good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's irrational hate against Arizona and it's irrational love against Buffalo or for Buffalo. Somehow their loss against the Steelers just gets dismissed. It's like it's one of those strange things. 
I mean, it really like you you have an answer for that loss yet, and it doesn't seem like you're going to. And it's people are saying, well, you know, it was the first game of the season. It's like, okay, what is your rationale to love Buffalo? You ha- you didn't make the case why you hate Arizona. Why do you love Buffalo? I love Buffalo because up until last night, they <laughs> seemed like the most balanced team in the NFL. They see, I, I, obviously, they've got a, a high level offense. They've had that for a few years, but the changes that they made defensively looked like they were really starting to pay dividends. Uh, and last night, their defense got exposed in a way that they hadn't been exposed yet. So uh, may, maybe I'm having to reevaluate where I am with Buffalo. What what does that mean? Maybe you're going to have to reevaluate. Are you or aren't you? I am, but I don't know if I reevaluate enough to say they're not still the best team. Oh, well, listen, they could not have been the best team to such a degree that they could have a horrible performance or a, a bad performance, let's call it, a bad performance. And in a spot that you can't really think there's a letdown, I get the whole they just had that big win, but it's Monday Night Football. They got to buy next week. It's like they, if you can't push through that one game, and you're right because you could make the case that it's not so much the Bills were exposed as a bad team; it's that the defense was exposed. Even if they won the game, right? If they scored that last touchdown, it wouldn't have changed the fact that have Tennessee putting up the points they did. They put up 34, regardless if the Bills got another seven. And it would have but been. I do think that if the, if the Bills get in and win that game, the, the big discussion isn't, why are the Bills so overrated? But, but it doesn't change. See, that's the difference between the shows that have squares squawking. Wah, wah, wah. I just made that up. Squares squawking. <laughs> I like it. Like and Charlie that, Brown's teacher. <laughs> yeah, but but it's even more irritating because they're saying stuff that's opposite. Charlie Brown's teacher, you can't understand what he's saying. So at least wah, it's wah, not. Wah, 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 it's, wah. Exactly. Thank you. It, <laughs> cut that tape up. AJ's best moment. <laughs> I mean, you got to cut. You got to accept either. It seems. That, or I think that the only thing you can do is somehow make a case that no one's made yet why the Bills are still the – I mean, how can they be over Tampa Bay? What have they done to be over Tampa Bay? What did they there's do not last an answer year? That. They did no, nothing No, there's not an answer for it. Right, so once you say you don't have an answer, it means you don't think it. Right, because we can't be the type of show that has, says, it's my gut, man, it's my gut. And, and the, the odds now have them as co-favorites at plus 550. The Bucks and the Bills tied at plus 550 atop the, uh, the odds. And that's my point. That is a travesty. I said it at the beginning of the year when Kansas City had better odds than Tampa Bay. What did I say? I said, this makes no sense. This is irrational. Well, now it's no longer the case, right? And I didn't expect KC to be this bad, but I didn't see any reason that they had a better chance of being good this year than Tampa Bay. And now that we see Brady hasn't hit the wall, I mean, there's a chance. Listen, when a quarterback hits the wall, it happens fast. Think about Peyton Manning. One moment he literally was, the year before he was probably still the best quarterback in the NFL, and the next year Osweiler was starting over him. They said, oh, you got a hurt foot, Peyton, take a couple extra weeks off. That's literally (laughs) for the ostrich. And that happened in one year. There was a chance that Brady could have hit the wall. He didn't. Brady looks as good 
as he ever has. So now that that is covered, I mean, yeah, I know they got injuries with cornerbacks, but how is it that Tampa not only had the best pedigree coming in this year, but I would make the case they've been the most impressive this year. Uh, well, and the other the, the thing, the other side of that Tampa argument is if they lose their two coin toss games, if if they lose the game against New England or they lose the game against Dallas, uh, they're uh, three and three. Now, okay, but still, it wouldn't change. First of all, who's to say what their mindset would have been against the Rams, right? So we can't just That's act true. like they're going to have three losses. But even if they did, they they still. Here's the thing about Kansas City: if Kansas City. Because you could say, well, look, Kansas City, they've lost some coin flips, and now everyone's down on them. Well, you can point to and saying, all right, well, what did we expect from Mahomes? Well, more of the same, right? Well, we're not getting more of the same. We're getting more turnovers than he's ever had in his life. We're getting – or ever has in the NFL. We don't want to talk about Texas Tech. And – we also are getting the defense playing significantly worse than people expected, number 32 by most metrics, and we're getting a scheme from opposing defenses of saying, are you going to be patient enough to go down five or seven yards at a clip? We're not going to let you beat us over the top with Hill. And it's like he's having trouble with that, the patience. So it feels like there's three major th- reasons to go thumbs down for Tampa Bay. And, oh, I'm sorry, check that, Kansas City. And I don't think there's been any, like, really, like, man, that was a, a question mark, but it's real positive what's happening. It's not like their running game's gotten any better. It's not right. like their, their third receiver after Kelsey and Hill have gotten any, you know, the, with the question marks with Watson gone. So to, Watkins gone. So to me... Is it's all bad answers for Kansas City, and no good answers yet. With Tampa Bay, what are the bad answers? Even if they had lost those coin flip games, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a look at the NBA season that tips off here in less than an hour, RJ. What's the the big storyline from this upcoming NBA season? (laughs) That's your professional setup? I've got nothing better. I'm not an NBA guy. McKenzie is our NBA guy here. Uh, I've... I need to watch more NBA. I watched the Rockets games when I was so in Houston. So hold on a second. You're going to take a bunch of time telling us that you have nothing to tell us? No. <laughs> hey, allow me to explain. I got nothing in the NBA. Well, luckily, NBA is my second favorite sport, though. Uh, AJ's right. McKenzie, uh, that's his favorite sport. So uh, now that he's entering, uh, what, his, I guess effectively his third year uh handicapping the NBA under my tutelage, who knows what we're going to get from him? Who knows? This is a guy, though, that famously, famously, you know, when he started, made less than a school teacher. And because that's the way we do it. It's almost like Fight Club. But 
about, I don't know, a month or two in to his job, he's looking really nervous. And he's watching television. He's looking really nervous. And it's like, what's going on? He goes, oh, I got a big bet on this series. It was like, what was it, Boston and who? Toronto. Yeah. That's right. And I go, oh, how much you got? He goes, $2,000. I go, Ooh. what? <laughs> and his and your normal bet at the time was what? 300 Oh, your normal bet wasn't 300 It was probably <laughs> 66 to win 60 <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Sure. It wasn't three hundred. Well, yeah, normal big bet maybe three hundred. Oh yeah, not, yeah. yeah meaning the, the 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 next biggest bet of the month was like like <laughs> exactly. one seventh as much. I mean, <laughs> exactly it right. it was that kind of insanity. But he's learned from there. So what I find fascinating here is one. Let's look at the title favorites and the Brooklyn Nets, even though. There's big, big question marks with Kyrie. They're, you know, Kyrie is what? The 22nd best player in the NBA? Where do you have him on your list, McKenzie? Let me pull that up right, right yeah, in that, right in I that mean, range. Yeah, might as well pull up that list. Is yeah, I have, I have him 15th. 15th. So, yeah. yeah. So, the point being, the third best player on a team is the 15th best player in the league by McKenzie, maybe it's, you know, could be all the way to 25, but still to lose a player like that or have such uncertainty and still be the favorite. I don't know if we've seen something like that. And then if you think about the fact that the win total for Brooklyn, the team that's favored to win it all is only 55 and a half wins. Now, remember, this is a full 82 game season. So 55 and a half wins in an 82 game season. If we go back to the last season that we entered before COVID, it would have been the season that ended in 2020. There were six teams, five or I think six teams. Six now, teams, yeah. Six teams that had 55 and a half wins as their projection or more. So think about it. The very best team this year. And then the last year that's analogous to this, two years ago, entering the year, there were six teams at this level or higher. So does that mean that the whole NBA has gotten horrible? No. What it means is that even though it feels like, oh, the offseason was longer, it still was an abridged offseason. And the whole idea of load management is in the blood in a way that is, I don't know if it's going away. So even the best teams are going to sit players a bunch. And the second favorite, Lakers. Third favorite, defending champions, Milwaukee. Milwaukee hosting tonight, Brooklyn. Milwaukee's only a two-point favorite. 